is Tennessee Talks with United States Congressman Tim Burchett. Hello, I'm Congressman Tim Burchett, and welcome back to Tennessee Talks. And today I'm joined by Tennessee Volunteers baseball head coach, Tony Vitello. Did I get that right, Coach? Yes, Vitello? you did. All right. Well, Burchett, nobody ever gets it right. <laughs> so anyway, Tony took the head coaching job at University of Tennessee in 2017 and started making waves almost immediately. In 2022, the Vols were ranked number one for the first time in program history, which is pretty incredible in my six years of undergraduate studies. I don't know that we ever cracked the top 20. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, you would always, um, I was a Sigma Chi and we'd always go over to the SAE house and sit on the roof and watch the ball games. Yeah. So those were the good old days. But um, anyway, Tony has taken the balls to four NCAA regionals, three NCAA super regionals, and two trips to Omaha for the College World Series. He's a two-time National Coach of the Year, is known as a recruiting force nationwide. And uh, Coach, I want to thank you for joining me today. But first of all, I just want uh, as exciting news about Todd Helton getting into the into the Hall of Fame. I was Pretty phenomenal for him, and he's a tremendous family man on top of being the player he was, and just for the whole family, really happy. And I got so many texts from baseball people that said, finally, or it's about time. And so justice isn't always served, but it was served yesterday, and, and yep. kudos to Todd. Sometimes justice is uh, best served cold. I believe the Israelis say that. <laughs> but uh, but he's still, he's still uh, uh you know, we, I can remember when he played ball here, and I remember he played football at UT. It's the same. Him and Peyton overlapped just, I think, one season. And, um, you know, hanging out with him down at Toddy's back in the day. And, yeah. you know, and the Helton family is a huge family here in this community. And when I was mayor, they were incredibly uh, supportive of me, and I was supportive of them and, and all their endeavors. But um, nice. anything, anyway, um, hey, tell me, what's the, when you look at recruiting a ball player, what's the first thing you look at? Really, I'd say presence, um, which is a little bit of a vague term, but it's just kind of how they go about their business. And um, even if somebody is not that skilled athletically, if they've got the right presence, you may notice them. It may, it may not be a deal where you're going to recruit them because they do have to meet a certain criteria physically. Um, but just how they go about their business and how they handle themselves, it, it says a lot about who they are. You're, you're trying to predict the future, how you're going to interact with this person. And no one wants to interact with somebody who, who has poor presence. Yeah, I call it a vibe. Yeah, no, no read, question. If I read the vibe, you know, in the church, they talk about gifts you have, you know, and, and that's one of my, I don't have any gifts, obviously, um, sports or, I mean, I'm freakishly good looking. I mean, we know that. I know that makes <laughs> you feel un uncomfortable, but, um, but no, but, uh, you know, you, you learn how to read people and their vibe in our business, your business and my business. It's, um, it's yeah. our lifeblood really. Yeah. And we're never going to have seven Todd Helton's on a team. You've got varying degrees and, and roles and things like that. But what you do want is you want a locker room full of guys that are fun to come to work and, and be around. And, and then of course are good teammates to one another. And so you can kind of vibe that out to a degree when you're watching these games. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the congressional baseball team and, um, I was, uh, I'm, my meteoric rise from third to second string, fourth to second string. One guy, one guy, let, one guy went to the outfield. Another guy pulled a hamstring, which at our age is pretty common. <laughs> and um, and I can't, somehow I got to second string just by being healthy. And um, I'll never be first string. But um, well, don't ever say never. We well, get you over the field and well, get a little workout. Going. Somebody, uh, yeah, I, I told the coach. I said, Coach, you better take it easy on on our first baseman. He said, Why is that, Birch? And I said. 
I said, he gets hurt, he goes down, I'm in. He goes, you're right. <laughs> I said, yeah, so, you know, I understand my role at 59. I'm not exactly a, a spring chicken anymore. But, but what we do talk about was, you know, something you, you kind of touched on, and, and, and more so I, I played high school football, but, but in the huddle, you know, there are guys from different socioeconomic backgrounds, different, different race, religion, whatever. But when you're on that, when you're in that, huddle or you're on the team or in the dugout you know you are a team and you've got to look for that cohesive nature and I suspect if you you um, it's those uh, things that you can't look at on a scorecard or something that you've got to look for yeah and when the talent is so close you know at a high school level it can be when you play your rivals or in the SEC it definitely is the the difference could just be who's willing to lean on their their teammates the guy to the right and the left a little bit more and it's not to the extreme of the armed forces or being at war or anything like that, but you got to trust the guys you're in the trenches with, and if you do, it it makes all the difference. Uh, is there something that you preached to your kids about that that you um, you know that maybe more, I guess it overlaps on baseball, but it doesn't necessarily have to do with a ball and a bat or any advice? You know, you I, I think the separation of the two. Um, you know, Drew Gilbert is probably our version of Todd Helton or one of our most popular players that we've coached since we've been here. And yep. one thing that Drew did very well was um, when he put on his uniform, it was almost like Clark Kent going into the phone booth. He became a different person and um, or at least kind of the competitive version of who Drew is. And then away from the field, uh, you want to talk about a guy who's great with kids, or was active with community service or who just was a joy to be around. Um, so not like split personalities, but we're, we're looking for a guy that's a gentleman off the field and, and a warrior or a competitor that Vol fans get behind when they're on the field. A lot like Congress, you know, you got a, this little this little pin, it, it puts a bullseye on our back. You know, I'm walking through an airport or I'm going someplace uh, in the community. It's um, those guys got to realize that they're folks that are have good intentions for them and some people that have very bad intentions for them. Sure. And you've got to, and I know you've got to pull them up and pull them up close to you and say, hey, brother, you need to straighten up and fly right or this thing's over. Sure, sure. No, I can only imagine. And, and nowadays with, good Lord, I wouldn't be sitting here with Twitter and all that stuff back in the day, but, no, uh, neither. you know, there's eyes everywhere and, and uh, it's certainly a big stage our guys are on. So they need to be aware of, you know, how they act, you know, in uniform and out of uniform. And I know ball players are, are superstitious. A lot of them are. You'll see them a number of times they tap their bat or do something before they walk out on the field. Or, um, are you superstitious about anything? You know, I've been asked this a lot, and um, I, I, I'm not as routine-orientated as the best players are. Maybe that's why I wasn't a great player. I, I think routines are great to keep you centered. I'm a little more scatterbrained. I might work late at night and then, you know, wake up later or vice versa. Um, but I think when things are just off-kilt from the norm, game day in particular, you like some consistency there. So I, I think I've been known to freak out a little bit if the music's not ready when the guys are about to stretch or, you know, just anything. Someone's in the dugout that isn't normally with us in the dugout on game day. Um, you want things to be as close to the same, the same, the same each time out so that if you do get to a game that is built up in being, holy cow, this is if we win this, we're going to Omaha. Um, it still kind of feels like it did a game in February. Yeah, I'm a creature of habit. I used to say, um, back before COVID took down the Wright's Cafeteria, I'd say if somebody wanted to kill me, I had some death threats one time, and I said if somebody wanted to kill me, they'd have to uh, 
poison the chicken fingers and gravy on um, every other every other Friday. And they said, why every other Friday? I said, because that's, that's when they'd serve it every other Friday, you know? Because <laughs> sure. every time I'd go in, I'd get the same thing in Ball Market down here on Western Avenue. I get, you know, Hoagie on Brown, no man. Aged. I tell Rich, I think I'll do something different. And he pulls out his pencil and just writes down, Hoagie on Brown, no mayonnaise, mustard only, you know, white cheese. And, you know, it's just kind of a running joke, but you get into you get into your habits and that's just your thing and it, and it throws you off. It throws me off when I go somewhere and something's out of order. You know? Yeah. No, I envy it because most successful people are pretty structured and, and I try and make sure our guys are, but I'm at my best when I am, but... Uh, I'm only at my best every now and then, so I, I need to I need, I need to stick to those routines when we get done here. I'm going to use that. I like that. That's a good saying. Uh, hey, what attracted you to UT? Just the loyalty. Um, you know, we made a shirt that said loyal, and then instead of T, you know, spilling it all out, put the power T, and that kind of came into my mind when I was a younger kid. I grew up in St. Louis, you know, kind of a, a city slicker, um, and in Missouri, you're not running across too many Tennessee fans, right. but you're drawn to Coach Fulmer's program. Uh, Pat Summit was here. Sure. I could go on and on all the successes that occurred when I was younger, and you just picked up on the fact that when the Vols were doing something, the entire state was not only paying attention, but they were getting involved. And it's something I always kind of craved or, or wanted to be a part of. I, I love the group mentality. You're at a concert and everybody knows the same words. Um, it's like that every day here, to be honest with you. And that's yeah. why I've enjoyed it so much. And It's like a Leonard Skinner concert. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> to, to each his own. And I'd be on board if, if I ever got an invite to, to one of those back in the day, I guess it would have to be. Yeah, back in the day, obviously. We're a little old now. It's just, it wears us out. Um, who's your biggest rival in the SEC? You know, it's, it's uh, you know, maybe an easy way out, but it's honestly, we play 10 weekends and no other conference does that. And they're always going to be 10 good teams. So it's whichever team we're playing that weekend and not um, that they're all the same because they're not. We have a different rivalry with everybody. Um, you know, Kentucky is close by and there's a natural Kentucky-Tennessee rivalry and we've now played them a bunch of times so there's things that come up. Georgia's to the south of us. Everybody tries to recruit Georgia and Atlanta so we sure. recruit against them a bunch. And So there's a different flavor. Um, you know, Vol fans, anytime you beat the Gators in anything, they're ready to have a parade. So uh, it's fun for our guys. There's a new rivalry every weekend and each one of those games is so valuable. Do you think, um, you know, I, I, when I was in high school in, in football, you, you really didn't know the other teams and you didn't know the people on the teams. And now with the Internet, it seems like the high school kids, you know, they don't they don't fight as much in the parking lot at Brunswick Billiards. I guess there's not. I don't guess there's a Brunswick Billiards anymore, but um, parking lot's still there. But the um, uh, you know, it just seems like everybody knows everybody and everybody. And it's funny. I, <clears throat> I was. Um, I'm not saying I was friends with these people, but uh, this year there was a, a ball player, and um, and I and they had their phone out, and they were they researched, found out who his girlfriend was. Oh yeah, and started hollering her name at him. You know, I mean, it's just it, it, the it just seems uh, it's kind of funny, really. But I mean, you know, it's 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 sort of like that in politics as well. People find out your business, and then 
and, and the kids just got to be prepared. Right. There's no secrets anymore, and there's nowhere to hide from the information no. that comes out. And it's kind of weird. We just had a bunch of really good recruits on campus. The kids all know each other now, and they get invited to events. They see ourselves on social media, and then same thing. Now our guys know our opponent on Friday night, our game one against Florida, for instance, almost as well as we do. And what's unique about our sport is we play three-game series. So if it is a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, by Sunday, um, probably something has happened. Probably both teams don't like each other as much, and it can make for a really fun, competitive environment. What's it feel like punching your ticket to the College World Series? That, that's hard to describe. Um, it's not to the extent of what just happened for Todd, but I would, I would kind of make it relative to that. As athletes, you just relish in a big moment, whether it be a big dunk or a big hit or a big score. And then, you know, there's just there, there's a lot of great things and jobs in this world, but it, it's hard to imagine something being better than a big win. That point, yeah. yeah. I always equate that to on election night when you win yeah. um, and they tell you, you know, the numbers came in and I always uh, I lean over to my wife and my daughter if, if they're close and I say, you know, remember this because this is, it doesn't get, it doesn't get any better than this right now. Yeah, I know that's special. And I don't mean to speak for you, but I, I would think in that situation, it is like an Omaha or an election hall of fame. It's like a big win, but times 10. And it's, it's really something that's hard to fathom and really take in. So it's important yeah. to cherish it. And I know um, Aiden Hutchinson, I think is the kid's name, the Lions. They're, they're making history this particular year, and they just won a big game. And it was really cool seeing one of their star players. He wasn't celebrating. He was just looking and yeah. watching and making sure he remembered that feeling. I, and that I always encourage my family and my friends that are around. I say, it's not always like this. You know, there's somebody out there that's <laughs> losing right now. That's Amen just going, that. oh, man, you gotta, it's over for us. So I, yeah. I'm always aware of that. Um, uh, if you do punch your ticket this year, what would you do different than last year? What do you think needs to improve? Well, you know, the first thing that to answer that question in a, in a different way is I would enjoy it more. It's so hard for people. And again, in any field, you've got to grind out hours and you're competing and trying to get things done. Um, and, and sometimes the losses get more of your focus and attention than, than the wins. And it's important for everybody to enjoy things like we were just talking about a second ago. But I think when we go back um, to Omaha, it's, it's such a grand place. Again, it's one of those things that's hard to describe. You have to stay true to what got you there. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of downtime and a lot of media and a lot of fans. It's so important to kind of keep that tunnel vision that, again, probably got you there and, and stick true to your roots. Um, again, who's your opener with this year? Was we open with Texas Tech, okay. who arguably has been the best program in the Big 12 the last couple decades, even though you got a Texas and a TCU in there. Yep. And it'll be in Dallas. Uh, we'll travel well. It's a primetime game where the Texas Rangers play. Um, so I guess we're not messing around this year. We're jumping right into it. You like being called coach or skipper, or what do you like to be called? You know, I don't mind. There was a game against Auburn where I took a lot of heat. Um, 
you know, if you post something on Twitter, you can kind of skew it the way you want. And someone had me throwing a bat at one of their guys, which was not the case at all. <laughs> but uh, that was my, the first weekend. Their players kept, to be honest with you, they were kind of taunting me, and they kept referring to me as Tony. And I grew up in an era where Bob Knight, love him or hate him, the final straw for him at Indiana was when a kid said, hey, Knight, instead of Coach Knight. Coach, and, yeah. Uh, What's your title? Yeah. Um, but eventually, when even six-year-olds and everybody else are just calling you Tony, you, you, all right, I guess that was <laughs> – I took offense to it against Auburn when I really shouldn't. We're in a new age and a new time, and, and I'm down with whatever the guys call you. If someone respects you, um, you'll know it, and they, yeah. could, they could call you by a proper name and be disrespectful. Um, I'll, I'll take respect over the specific title any day of the week. Our coach on our – on our congressional baseball team, it's Republicans against Democrats. Republicans. A good friend of mine, his name's Roger Williams, and he he played in the in the Braves, and you know he brings guys in. One guy he brings in was actually on on first base when Hank Aaron hit. Oh no way! Yeah, and he said he said all he could think about was uh, touching the base. Yeah, sure. He made sure he touched the base because <laughs> it would have thrown it off. But, um, but you know he brings in these guys, and he. Um, and but we always call him Skipper, yeah, and that's what he likes. It's old school, and you know he brings in these guys and they'll tell stories about the Mick and just you know and they'll they'll um, they'll throw warm up with us or, or they'll throw um, batting practice. We have a we get up I get up at four thirty in the morning to get to the gym by five to get my ride by five thirty, and then we start practice go six to seven yeah. in the morning. And it's only one hour, but it's we start I think March first or something. The game's not till June or something. You know, we yeah. have former pro ball players that tell us, you know, we've we practice more than than they did leading up to the, you know. Yeah, you guys are getting after it. I mean, yeah. we're we're in the SEC, but I can tell you, I'm sleeping at four thirty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now Republicans versus Democrats. We got any bench clearing brawls going? Well, um, two years ago, you can watch it on YouTube. Uh, a lady from the Democrat side. We were. Uh, she got a a little pop-up or something, and she didn't run it out. And one of our coaches said, hey, run it out. And she rode by and ran by us and flipped us a bird. <laughs> and I, and, and, and the guy looked at me and said, because I'm always on the bench, you know, and he goes, he goes hey, Birch, did, they got, did she just flip us a bird? And I said, I said, yeah. I said, don't worry, somebody got it. I mean, it was literally on ESPN, like, really? right, you know. I mean, it was, it was, and, you know, and she claimed she didn't, but it's they slowed it down. It's pretty Pretty, it, obvious. It, pretty obvious, yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, we, we, it's kind of, uh, we tend to keep our conversations in the dugout and on the field more family oriented, yeah. And on our side, and um, and it's just an interesting. That's a change of events, but um, but anyway, um, at this point in the show where I um, I regret ever putting this part in, but I, I do it every time and I let you ask me a question, anything, uh -oh. anything you would like. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to hear uh, you answered the, the brawl one, but what, in all seriousness, what, what do you think is a big key to progress? For us, we, we've just consistently been trying to make progress with our facility, uh, with our recruiting efforts and the program. And uh, I'm, you know, I try and keep politics away from when I'm at work, but I am yeah. curious. And do, do you kind of see a, just a general answer of what a, a key to progress is right now? Yeah, and it's not what Washington does. Um, <clears throat> you know, they don't, uh, we haven't passed a budget in over 20 years. 
and and that's by design. You know, the big boys, I call it the uniparty, is Republicans and Democrats. Right. The guys you always see out on the tarmac shaking the president's hand when he comes in, whether the Republicans are in the White House or the Democrats, there's always a certain element that's there, and, and obviously I'm not a part of it. Um, and uh, um, we've got to do better because we are actually losing our country. Thirty-four trillion, almost thirty-five trillion dollars in debt. A trillion dollars—it's mm -hmm. hard to even fathom. Or as the good old boys, it's hard to even phantom what that even. Right. <laughs> right. You know. So um, it's just, uh, and, and it's that way by design. And and um, when you don't pass a budget, you pass what's called a continued resolution. And then in a continued resolution, it just continues what I think are bad policies. But you don't have hearings and there's no accountability and stuff gets tucked in there every time and the spending just increases and the programs that you don't like still get funded. But somehow the big boys, they always have a, uh, their family or their, their, their company or their association always gets taken care of, you know, and that, yeah. and, and, uh, that's that's why people I think are so disgusted with politics, and and that's honestly why a lot of people don't like me because I call that stuff out. But I'm sick of it. I just um, you can't run a you can't run a university without a budget. Right. You can't run a you can't run a church or a synagogue or a temple or whatever. You can't run a charity without a budget. But uh, federal government continues to do that, and and uh, until we decide we're going to do something about it, until the public gets. And that's to the polls, you know, and and, um, and your thing, if you don't have enough people buying tickets or contributors or, uh, you know, they'll, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's just that that's the that's not even a dirty secret anymore. I mean, yeah. you got to produce and the pressure is incredible and, and you've always got to be out. And I assume, you know, the university's always fundraising because you've, um, you know, I. I I were, honestly I always would worry when that was that was at UT who'd talk about programs. I mean, when Pat Summit was first started, you know, they didn't even um, uh, what was it, Title Title Six, I think, or whatever they, that made that um, women would Title be, Nine, Title yeah. Nine, yeah, sorry, Title Nine, yeah, uh, that they would be funded the same, you know. And she didn't she didn't have enough money for basketballs even. I think the first year she coached, she paid they paid her like nineteen or twenty-one thousand dollars a year, something ridiculous. And um, you know, and it's just a it's just a constant drive yeah. um, for you all. And that's that's the unfortunate thing. I, I wish you could just coach and recruit, but I know that you've got to be. You know, you need a bigger stadium. You got to but to, to to bring in the good ball players. You've got to have a good stadium. You got to have good. Um, you know, you got to have a good weight room. You got to have all those things. And yeah. For you guys, it's just I can't even imagine. It's and that's why I appreciate you coming in here because the time you've spent uh, is more than 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 needed, and I really appreciate it. But because uh, we've got a lot of folks that watch this and love yeah. the balls um, uh, and the and the all the new additions. You know, it's just you all have relatively almost you all have sell out crowds on a pretty regular basis, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and they don't just sit there; they're no. active. No, <laughs> so it's it's been fun. But yeah. no, I I'm honored to be in this building. So pleasure, and I appreciate the honest answer too. I think in order to make progress, we've had to ruffle some feathers, and it, it sounds like you're on a mission to do that. And there's a lot of people, I'm sure, in your field that aren't willing to ruffle any feathers. Yeah, I mean, they want to go along and just. And um, status quo is is success for them, but it isn't for me, and I know it's not for you. So um, you've got it, and I wish you continued success. And I, 
and I, you're a class act and people talk about the program and the success that you've made and it's um it's really exciting for Knoxville um you know it's always we've always been a football town and now we've got a basketball team and now we've got a baseball team you know and of course the lady balls that speaks for themselves but the um seeing baseball come on as you've done is just a it's uh it's 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 the success is incredible and that's due to you and the people you surround yourself with so i appreciate it brother well uh, thank you so traditional much fist bump heck I, yeah i started that by the way nice <laughs> and COVID, well, uh, covid came along and i saw trump up there fist bumping and people were calling hey Burchett, trump's doing your fist bump and i said well <laughs> he's trump he can do whatever the heck he wants yeah but, uh, put, and now everybody does it put so. it on loan Right on. But thank you, Coach. And, um, and I want to thank everybody for, for joining us today for another episode of Tennessee Talks. And I look forward to seeing you all back at Omaha. I think that's, I mean, for lack of a better word, that's kick-ass. Well, thank you. And we'll I'm be working for it. it. Thank you. And I'm Congressman B Tim Burchett. And I want to thank everybody for turning into another episode of Tennessee Talks. As always, thank you all for sending me here. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tennessee Talks. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Keep up with Congressman Burchett by following Rep. Tim Burchett on Twitter and Instagram and Congressman Tim Burchett on Facebook and YouTube.